Welcome to Model Rail Radio. I'm Tom Barbelay. This is being recorded live on Skype, April 29th, 2023. Model Rail Radio is the internet's only live recorded radio show where the topic is the hobby of model railroading. So I was just pre-show sharing temperatures with the one and only Clark Koenig. Clark, you're in a different part of the world now. Things are hot, right? Yeah, we're in the desert of... Uh around the Phoenix area in Mesa, Arizona, and mm. uh, whew, it's time to head home tomorrow. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, the temperatures are 100, 101, and uh, for, uh, even though they say, oh, it's a dry heat, it's still hot. It's still hot, yes, believe yeah. me. I'm suffering the same, actually. Uh, the girls have discovered splash pads and water activities, so under the shade of the tree, we've been... Uh, keeping for as long as possible through these uh, interesting temperatures. Are you really heading back to Canada tomorrow, or was that just a turn of phrase? No, no. Uh, we're uh, spending uh, today packing up, and uh, PJ has been doing most of that work, unfortunately, but uh, she's been cleaning the house and getting it all ready for us to leave tomorrow, and uh, we'll leave tomorrow and uh, head for, for home. Uh, first stop will be Albuquerque, and then Oklahoma City, then uh, probably Jeff City, Missouri, to, to stop in and see Alan Pollock. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be Fort Wayne, Indiana, and then the next stop will be uh, Elliott Lake, Ontario. Interesting, interesting. So you're uh, you're heading back on the road train, so to speak. Yes, yeah. So uh, it's been uh, been a super winter. I mean, down here, it's been uh, you know the first couple months were. Uh, we'd have okay weather. I mean, at least we weren't shoveling snow or anything, but uh, it really wasn't uh, sort of, uh, they said it was one of the worst winters they had in 18 years here. So it was kind of cool and rainy, but mm-hmm. uh, um, sure beat the snow. So that was good. And we had lots of things to do here, cool. including I been, I went to uh, a division meet and a few other things. And uh, we went out to... Uh, McCormick Stillman Railroad Park, and if you come down to this area, you really mm-hmm. need to, to drop into that uh, facility. It's fantastic. Mm. Mm. So now you're heading into the summer. Is, are there any model railroading activities in Canada that you're going to be catching up with while you're there? Well, yeah, we're our club, we hope. Um, I haven't had any updates uh, in the last month, so we'll see what happens when I get home. The city uh, has been remodeling a an old uh, building that they've had for all the arts people. So Mm -hmm. the pottery groups, uh, the watercolor people were all, and the model railroad club were Mm -hmm. all moving into that building. Um, They're hoping, well, initially I think it was the end of this month, but, uh, or for the end of May, but I think with, you know, trying to get materials and so forth, Mm -hmm. uh, um, it'll probably be, I don't know, mid June, July, Mm -hmm. but, uh, we're going to get in. We've had a we had a couple of meetings last fall, um, and we're going to uh, start planning a new permanent layout. And then we'll uh, we have to have some elections and stuff. And so we'll be starting in earnest in the fall to, uh, to probably to build the layout. That'll be going on. And then there's a few other things I know um, in the Toronto area. There is a flea market actually a little bit north of Toronto there's a flea market sh- mm-hmm. train show um I think it's the last weekend of May mm. and I think that pretty well does it for as far as train shows 
in the Ontario area until early fall. Um, and then once, once September hits, there'll be a train show or something going on almost every weekend, but there are several clubs that still, mm-hmm. still operate over the summer. I know in the division that I'm in, we're actually trying to get a division meet in the Sudbury area, mm-hmm. Sudbury, Ontario at mm-hmm. a, at a railroad museum. So we're, we're hoping for maybe 15, 20 guys to show up for that. So cool. we'll see what happens. Um, that's still in the planning stages, but uh, that's where we are. But um, I'm, I'm actually, because I haven't really, I've been so busy here with other stuff <laughs> that I haven't really built or done much modeling. So actually, I, I'm kind of looking forward to the next uh, few weeks anyway. The weather won't be, it'll be more gardening sort of lawn weather, but mm-hmm. uh it won't be fishing time yet, so I'll. I'm hoping to work on my own home layouts and get a few things done, and uh, and then if it gets really hot uh, during the summer, I'll I'll uh, retreat down to the basement. Very cool, very cool. So, in terms of the the new space that's being made available to you by the township, is this? Were you previously housed with the watercolor folk and the other folk before the roof collapse? Were they your neighbors then, or is it just a? Uh, a function no, we of were, needed space. We were in the same building that they were in. We have mm-hmm. our own room. Mm-hmm. Um, they had uh, it sort of a two-level facility with a big theater in mm-hmm. the previous one. And um, so the one art group, uh, the watercolor um, painters were upstairs. And then they had a, another room that did pottery and they, did, uh, they had kilns and everything else. Mm-hmm. So they kind of shared... Oh, a fair amount of space actually, and they have a glass cut uh, stained glass group. They have mm. uh, all kinds of groups. So when when we lost it due to the collapse mm-hmm. of the roof, um, you know the theater group was kind of pushing to really build this. Well, I called the Taj Mahal for for the theater groups, mm-hmm. but it it was way out of whack for for what most of us for the groups that were in the original building needed they but they wanted this big uh, <laughs> theater you know mm-hmm. to be built and uh and we were just happy just to get uh some some nice just a clean workspace you mm-hmm. know so uh, there was a bit of push, push and pull and and uh town council and that got involved so it was interesting but we it's uh, I don't know. I haven't really heard much of the politics. I heard that there's still group is still pushing to have this theater um, museum built somewhere in, mm. in town. But uh, at least we're going to be housed in a in a old theater that um, uh, they're renovating so that we can uh, use the space. So mm. and it'll be year round space. So of course Very that's good. good. So what kind of space will it be in terms of size? Uh, well, for us, uh, we're getting roughly, um, I think it's 750 square feet. Mm. Um, so it's, it's fine. Um, for the number of club members we have, remember we have a little town of 10,000 people. Mm -hmm. Um, there's about at any one time, anywhere from eight to 15 members of the club. So, um, it's, we don't need that big of a space because, we do have to pay a little bit money in rent, mm-hmm. and uh, with the number of people that we have, uh, um, we can we can afford the rent uh, of that of a space that size. And and for what we 
most of us like to do is build a an operational layout uh, is way where we're going. Uh, um, last one we built was kind of a modular system, mm-hmm. and uh, the guy said, "Ah, let's just make it more permanent." Because it ended up that none of us took any of the modulars anywhere. So mm. It was permanent anyway. <laughs> Interesting. So, do you think the new space will adopt a similar thing, or are you hoping for a more permanent layout by no, default I think at it'll the start? Be more permanent. Interesting. I think it'll be more permanent, and um, I think uh, it will be more reflective of the area where we live in, where we have a lot of uh, rock terrain and cool. and water and stuff. So very nice. Um, and with with some operation in mind, um, most of the I think one of the big things is the guys can't run some of their bigger equipment, the passenger cars, because most of the houses are are fairly small, um, or they just didn't have the allotment for the for the size for for a big railroad. Mm-hmm. So they tend to like to do that at the club. So we'll go to uh, bigger radius curves, and I'm hoping that we'll have enough. Uh, sort of yard facilities and, and operation that we can uh, we can get uh, probably ten or twelve people operating uh, on the layout. Hmm. Yeah, it is an interesting. You know, the the size of your community and the size of the community that you're now in currently as well. The ability to get like minded folk together and actually create these clubs. What advice would you give? I mean, I live in an area of maybe thirty nine thousand people, and it's a it's a what are they called here? HOA designated double HOA in some areas, and it's run by the Howard Hughes Corporation, which you oh. may not know. Which I, I mean, there's various spaces, there's buildings available. What what does it take to set up a club? Well, it's an interesting. It, you really have to start off with some like-minded people, mm-hmm. and and really sit down and hash out what you want and. And not be afraid to say what you want, yet be also, you have to be able to be flexible enough to say, okay, um, I'm not going to get what I want 100%. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get what you want. It's a lot of give and take. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then the bottom line is you got to you gotta uh, put some money in. I mean, most of us, um, most of the clubs, especially when they're first starting out, that's where the expense is. So, um, you know, you Everybody, I know we've talked about uh, already a sort of initiation fee of five hundred dollars. Mm. Okay, interesting. To to get the materials, and you know you got to buy bench work and track and and so forth. So um, uh, we do have some stuff left over from mm-hmm. the previous club, but um, we didn't know where we were going, if and when we were going to even get a space. So um, we decided we sold off a lot of the a lot of the uh, items that were owned by the club and was and the money was dispersed among the members evenly. Mm. Um, Interesting. Now, uh, as the president, I warned them. I said, "Listen, you know, because uh, if we wanted to put it, the money into storage, you know, almost four years, well, almost four and a half years, that the money that it was worth, we would have just wasted on storage." So. Mm. Uh, it was better off to sell it back to the members and, and guys got some good deals. But I said, you know, okay, you, you may have gotten $300 back um, per member or whatever it was, some some less, some more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, put that money aside, and I know it's easy to do, but when we do start up the club, we're going to be asking for a substantial uh, uh, startup fee. So mm. uh, 
um, you know, don't be surprised. Uh, and if you keep that money aside, um, you know, it won't be a heartache. It won't be a hardship. Mm, so interesting. I know a couple of the members sort of looked at me and when we said, when we were talking about $500 and, uh, and, uh, my friend Peter, who was the treasurer said, well, we told you guys, we, you know, you got your money back. So really you had that money. Mm. So, um, if you spent on other stuff, well, then that's kind of your problem. Yes. But, yeah. uh, uh, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, um, and the other thing is, you know, everybody has a different idea what, what a track plan should be and mm-hmm. so forth. And, and so, uh, we're going to, we, we came to a pretty good conclusion, uh, or a consensus with the last layout, uh, we had and, uh, I think we'll do that again uh, this time. And we, and not to knock some of the people, but they were more of the beginners now mm-hmm. that they've gone through it and, and operated. I think they have a much better understanding of what they enjoyed and what they this didn't like about the layout. So I think they'll be able to express a better opinion than, than not knowing. Mm, interesting. Their experiences will 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 definitely show uh, when we come to designing the the next layout. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. So yes, in my area, it will probably be considerably more than five hundred dollars up front for a rental of a space. But yeah, interesting. The the financials need to be. I mean, my experience of, of clubs comes through Silicon Valley lines, which is probably the most extreme club in you know at least on the West Coast. Maybe you know about this. Maybe the San Diego Club is more extreme. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting to think about the dynamics that are necessary. And it's obviously you've had this experience where you are currently. Very interesting. I'll need to pick your brain at a later date, Clark Cooning, about this topic if I can find other like-minded folk, although my twins are taking a good portion of my time. So oh, sure, I, sure. <laughs> I don't think I'll be um, able to yeah, put any um, substantial effort. Might be able to financially, but... Uh, Aside from that, my time is taken very well with my daughters currently. But it's yeah. an interesting topic, and I think certainly it's probably pertinent to a number of uh, folks that listen into Model Rail Radio. So pleasure having you on. Safe travels. It sounds like you've got quite the road trip planned. Yeah, well, it's usually, uh, I know coming down, it was basically five days, uh, four nights, five days on the road. So hmm. uh, we'll do the same thing in reverse. And uh, um, my real... Uh, Coming down, of course, it was the snow. Could we get caught in snow mm. issues? Going home, it's uh, uh, for the first day and a half, it's more of the high heat, you know, going up through the mountains and so oh, forth. Yeah. And then going across the Midwest, we'll see. I, I'm hoping that there's no tornadoes around. Mm. And, and uh, once we start to make our, our way over to Indiana, Annapolis and started heading north, then it's going to be pretty smooth sailing, I think, uh, uh, weather-wise. But uh, it all looks good, so we'll see what happens. And uh, hopefully we'll be home uh, Thursday or Friday next week. And then uh, uh, I'll be able to enlighten the listeners and yourself more of what's happening in the Elliott Very Lake cool. model. Very cool. I had uh, dinner with Ted Roy and his wife. Michelle and I went out for sushi with them. So we've okay. we've done at least one sushi dinner, um, <laughs> but yeah. Now next time you're in this part of the world, please uh, consider a trip to Vegas. It'd be great to catch up. Yes, thank you. Anyway, and, uh, likewise. Okay, we'll talk to you later. Thank you very much for calling in. Bye. Take care. Thanks, Tom.
like to welcome on our friends Eddie. Ralph, I was just debugging with you on your iPhone and able to call in, so I'm glad you uh, were able to get through. Uh, in terms of the model railroading hobby, obviously things are getting warmer. I'm just chatting with Clark Cooning um, in your part of the world. What, what are you planning in the next few months? Good old Clark, but Clark's not in my part of the world. He's in Arizona right now. I know. He's going to be back in your part of the world pretty soon. <laughs> He'll be driving through your part of the world in order to get to Elliot Lake by the sounds of things. Okay. So the question again was, what's in my what's in my world? What's happening in my world right exactly. now? Exactly. I've rearranged. Well, my wife at one point decided we want she wanted to move, mm-hmm. and uh, I got a whole bunch of my stuff all packed up, and I finally convinced her it's not worth moving. Interesting. Also, also our financial advisor said the same thing. Interesting. Uh, so now I'm still unpacking. I'm still working on some projects for end scale projects for a gentleman in uh, uh, Baltimore, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of locomotives for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a guest twice on second section podcast, and I don't know whether that's uh, kosher to mention it. But no, by all means, I'm, I'll welcome on all podcasts. I'm not familiar with second section. What do they do specifically? It's, uh, it's all about, it's, well, they they started off doing uh, uh, scenery and talk. Well, they talk to everybody that has to do with model railroading. Mm, and it's a it's a video podcast. Oh, okay. It's, so um, you know, you 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 if they're doing layout tours, you're you're seeing the layout. If they're doing uh, like he's had, a, I don't know whether you're familiar with uh, Boomer Dioramas. No, I'm not. Tell me more. Well, that is a a, a, a YouTube. Uh, thing that you you should be uh, viewing mm. if you want to learn anything about model railroading and how to do it. Uh, this guy uh, Boomer, because he, he hasn't he doesn't go by any other name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's worked in the film industry. He's been uh, uh, a model builder for a museum. And I see. I recalled meeting him back in oh ninety five. It was interesting in, Van, in Vancouver. Mm. Is he a Canadian but, or is he an American? Canadian. Okay, interesting. Canada. Certainly, yes. And uh, other than that, uh, I'm still plugging away. I'm a moderator on a a weathering website, a Facebook Mm -hmm. page, and uh, I'm getting all kinds of grief because I'm being too critical, but hey, it's that's life. (laughs) Amen, amen. So I think when I talked to you last time, you were starting on the Zenscale project and lamenting um, that you know, I, it was similar in your general style, just a lot smaller in some regard. Well, uh, I'm I'm reaching out to share more of what I have, what I can offer. Mm. Uh, I don't want to take it to the grave with me. I'm not getting any younger. Mm-hmm. So uh, my my spiel right now is to to share what I can. Mm. Interesting. Uh, Guys did that with me when I was coming up through the ranks, mm-hmm. plus all my bo- my modeling skills, which started in model model cars. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, um, it's just share what I know and, and keep on doing my thing. Certainly. And obviously your thing lends itself to the video medium. Is that what you're finding with regards to appearing on this podcast, that you're able to show techniques and things like that? Yes. Now... As I mentioned to you on the phone call, I've just uh, transferred over to uh, a Mac 
mm-hmm. des- desktop, and I am not an Apple person, so mm-hmm. everything is strange to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was uh, the guest on on the show the last time, and I have a new uh, document cam that also serves as a webcam. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't get it to work. Yeah, unless. So, so all the stuff I had prepared for the show, uh, I couldn't share it. Hmm. You couldn't use the Mac camera that was built in, or it just wasn't applicable to the stuff you well, wanted to show? Well, the, the document cam shines down, right mm. down on the desk, and I Certainly. can I can zoom it in to within two inches of, of the uh, the subject mm-hmm. to get a nice, clear 4K image. Mm. But that night, I could not get it to work. Mm. I don't know whether it was because it was using uh, a StreamYard or, or what it was, but that night, it would not work. Interesting. Yes. And shortly after that is when my laptop crashed. So now that's what's put me onto this. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. So it wasn't that the camera didn't work on the Mac. It's that you've moved to the Mac because the previous computer crashed. Yeah. Interesting. And now I'm learning new things on, on computers. I mm. thought I was good at it, but I guess I'm not. Yeah, I've always, I mean, I've always used both, well, Linux machines as well, but Macs are my primary machine my wife was very heavily windows fired and we still maintain a windows machine for her but i think these days the software is just <laughs> universally bad in certain quarters and universally good in other quarters so it, it's hit and miss no matter what years i think yep so i'm doing right now because uh like i've got i've got these n scale locomotives but mm-hmm. right now i'm doing some stuff for myself which i haven't really been able to do mm. because working for other people so my layout has suffered, uh, but now I'm, I'm getting back to doing stuff for myself. <laughs> so what kind of stuff are you doing? Well, I'm working on the layout. Uh, I, I have a, a barge scene on my layout that mm-hmm. I've uh, taken uh, modeling tips from Boomer Dioramas on how, on how to do different things, and mm. it's, it's working out great. Interesting. It's absolutely working out great. Interesting. A lot of guys are taking their flex track and they're taking it outside and spraying it with uh, Rust-Oleum mm-hmm. camo and all of that. And I was doing that too, except I was doing it in place, mm-hmm. which stunk up the basement. Oh, yeah. But Boomer did it a different way. And, and I have to agree with him because I'm using the same paints. To me, it paints. Mm-hmm. You thin them down to about uh, 20% paint and, and uh, 80% isopropyl alcohol. Mm. Spray your spray your rails. Interesting, and it's a hell of a lot easier to take. You can breathe it with no problems. Mm, interesting. Takes a couple of coats to to do it, but it's it's better to put on multiple coats Certainly. than to put on heavy coats. Certainly, and it just cleans off with a a, a dry piece of of uh, wood or masonite or whatever. Just rub it along the top of the rail, mm-hmm. and the paint comes off. Mm. Does the paint pool naturally because of the alcohol, or are there any qualities that you get through actually applying it with the alcohol? Well, I found that because you're using alcohol, it's actually helping to clean your airbrush as you're spraying, so you don't have this big buildup of paint. Mm-hmm. Um, I also used my airbrush at uh, about 12 to 15 PSI, where some guys are blowing it at 30 pounds. Gosh. Um you know, just because it's they use thicker paint, mm-hmm. and you have to do that. Mm-hmm. But with the isopropyl alcohol, it's like spraying water. You don't need a whole lot of air pressure. Interesting. Right? 
it's working for me and I'm doing a little bit more at a time. Uh, who was it when, um, there was one of, one of the fellow modelers, I think it was Neil, uh, down in, uh, Hawaii was saying Neil Erickson, ten, yes. ten, 10, yeah, 10 minutes a day, mm-hmm. 10 minutes a day. Well, I'm doing a little bit more than 10 minutes a day, but it's working. Mm. And folks listening in who may not remember what you're allowed to specifically, what is it? <laughs> we got into a big discussion on the new NMRA uh, uh, Discord channel hmm. uh, about prototype and freelance mm-hmm. and in between. Mm-hmm. Well, there really is no in between. And as far as I'm concerned, there is really no prototype. You can say your layout is prototype all you want, but you've either compressed something or you've left something out because mm-hmm. you don't have enough room for it. Or, you know, you, you've squeezed everything in so that and it, and that the spacing is not right. So it's not prototype. Mm-hmm. It's freelance. Certainly. With prototype vibes. Mm-hmm. So the, the big discussion, everybody seems to think they have a prototype layout. And then, then they argue, no, 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 it's proto Lance. Mm. I said, well, call it what you want. It's freelance. Mm-hmm. So you're allowed so, as freelance any particular region or time or I I started out doing my layout in the transition era mm-hmm. and I go from water to mountains from one end to the other. It's a, a bent dog bone with a helix. Mm-hmm. So I have a rise of ten and a half inches from cool. one end to the other. Um, no particular area or town or or whatever in mind just scenery and operation mm. and i have a barge area where um, like a car float and i have a harbor scene mm-hmm. with my town with the town around the harbor wonderful and i have a, a plate girder bridge that's approximately eight feet long gosh yeah um i also make wine so i had to have access to the wine cellar mm-hmm so I put in a gate, um, and that works out fine. So the gate has has three three tracks on it and one elevated. Interesting. And uh, I, I I'm happy with the way it is, and and I'm, I'm still working on it. It's it's still a work in, like a real work in progress, not one that somebody can say it's almost finished. No. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> not by any means. Mm. And the potential to move and the fact that you had to pack up, did you pack up your layout in the process or was the layout left? I, I left it as is because mm-hmm. the real estate agent said, well, if they want to buy it, will you will you sell it? And I said, if they want it, that'll save me from moving it. Certainly. So I didn't do anything with the layout, but all, all my shelving and I have the, uh, what do they call it? I, it's an Ikea cabinet. It's about Certainly. six feet tall and it's got these 18-inch cubicle mm-hmm. uh, and that's where all my locomotives and so on are, are stored before I do weathering to them. So all that was emptied out. Mm-hmm. I had uh, 26 boxes ready to go to the uh, storage unit mm-hmm. and uh, before, the, we, before we did that, it was actually two days away from moving that stuff when we finally talked to the financial uh, advisor and he said, it's going to cost you well, he said, let's put it this way. You're moving out of a house that you're going to get ballpark, uh, about a million and a half. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have to go. And my wife wanted to move out to where my son is. 
and you're going to have to pay $2 million out there. So you're going to have a mortgage. Mm. Just on the moving fees, the uh, land transfer, the uh, legal fees puts us into a $100,000 mortgage right off the bat mm-hmm. without any moving. Yes, yes. So we decided against it. We don't want a mortgage. We're mortgage-free right now. Why Very good. Move? Enjoy your lives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What there is left of it. Well, Ralph, pleasure to have you on as always. Thank you for the update. Uh, I look forward to checking out this video podcast, particularly when I edit this audio. It always happens when I edit the audio that I'm like, ah, that's what I need well, to check out. They've done some pretty pretty interesting people. Um, Mike Rose, one mm-hmm. of them. Clump um, uh, Clements. Clum- I can't even remember, pronounce his name. Mike Klamaski. Klamaski. Oh, okay. Um, and and a, quite a few others. And and they go from one end of the spectrum to the other, talking about trains. Interesting. Um, Mike Ostertag is an S scale modeler, mm-hmm. and Andy Dorsch is an HO scale modeler. I know them both well. Yes. Yep. So they're running they run, the show. Interesting. They run the second section. Yeah. Interesting. Very good. Well, thank yeah. you, Ralph. Something to watch and listen to. Always a pleasure. All righty. Thanks for the assistance on the phone. No problem. No problem. Happy to happy to provide technical assistance wherever possible. Talk to you soon. Take care. Take care. I'd like to welcome on Peter Stimple. Now, speaking of people that might be moving, you. I think on some Facebook post mentioned that you might be moving from the current uh, manner that you have. What, what's going on with the model railroading hobby and Peter Stemple currently? Well, right now my model railroading hobby is taking a backseat to gardening, garden, gardening, my vegetable gardens taking over Certainly. my life. But, uh, you know, it's that, that time of year, but you know, we're, we're in a big house now. And uh, so I don't, you know, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but, there's a good chance we might 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 swap, uh, not move towns, right? We're staying where we are, but we may swap into a slightly different house that would have a little bit more basement opportunity, so to speak, which would be good. Because uh, right now the house that I'm in is got a um, a stone. It's an old old farmhouse, right? It's got a stone basement that's mm-hmm. not really. Uh, it's not the kind of basement you could finish. It's you can't really stand up in it. I use it. I just have a uh, massive numbers of plant lights uh, hanging hanging from the ceiling. I use it as an indoor greenhouse. Interesting to get my seedlings going. You know, Certainly. it's not really a uh, not really a place for trains. And, uh, so I think the thing is, is I think we're we're thinking that we might we might make a shift. So we're going to see what happens. But it looks like the the place that's on our radar has got a good basement and uh, really nice sizable room. And uh, you know that would certainly allow a shift and. Probably take that. Uh, you know, to the point now where I'm, I'm really realizing that as much. Um, you know, I've really put trains on the back burner for the last little mm-hmm. bit, and uh, been doing building models and uh, making things at the workbench, and uh, you know, I've got a little small shelf layout set up in my office, and uh, it's been kind of a minor, minor thing. But I'm realizing now is you know, time is clicking by, mm-hmm. and I feel like you know, if I'm really I'm really going to use that um, use that material uh, and do it. Um, you know, I just I just want to do it. You know, mm. and uh, I just have you know I, I bought a uh, I bought a collection of uh, material of uh, rolling stock and 
items from a friend's estate, you know, and of course he's a, was a wonderful fellow, really interesting guy. And like, like all of us, man with more hobbies than time mm-hmm. and more ideas than time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, um, so I was able to, um, and it was as much a, a friendly gesture to his family as anything else, right? Cause you know, as well as anyone that a lot of times the, it's difficult to get a real Certainly. value for these things. Without question. And, uh, so I just said, Hey, you know, I'll, 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 I'll gladly help take a bunch of these items. And, um, it worked out well for everybody. And, and not to mention, you know, there's a central sentimental connection to the items, right? Certainly. Um, but you know, so I have these beautiful, beautiful, um, railway items from the mostly from the 1980s and um you know and they're great trains and looking forward to using them certainly certainly i know for a fact that some of those items came from other people's collections right Mm -hmm. i I don't want to pass those items into someone else's collection i don't want to leave this collection unused right and and when you lose a friend or you lose a couple friends and you sort of say huh better better get a move on certainly uh, you know, I've just been enjoying like Jim Gifford's books and, you know, we've been following him for, I mean, gosh, I mean, almost a day. Certainly. I'm modeled up, you know, and watching times clicking, you see how much he's accomplished. Certainly. Yeah. Like, I better get cracking. We're, we're on his heels. So I, I'm really, I, I'm getting motivated to thinking, okay, if we, you know, we've made some decisions, we had to get here in Pennsylvania, you know, we found the space that was more suited, suited for, it's fine because I'm, I'm you know, I like to grow vegetables, but I'll tell you what, uh, I think we're definitely reappraising things. And, um, you know, and also my kids are getting to it now where they're, you know, my, my son is uh, four. Mm-hmm. And he's got his Duplo. My daughter is into all things. I mean, she's unbelievably coordinated. And all, I mean, um, you know, we're also at an age where these are really good. Uh, of course, we'll still keep the garden going with them, but they're, they're getting to be partaking of those things so mm. so i'd really get some of these trains up and up in the air yes get them out of boxes very cool and uh, uh just too much involved are you there yes i am sorry your your audio keeps on coming in and out yeah unfortunately the garden is one of the things that i've had to completely suspend living in las vegas sorry no the weather and yeah. just i need to have a greenhouse and the hoa is against greenhouses and then we do have a very nice garden, but it's a maintained garden with gardeners and things like that. And there's no, I think Michelle was talking about potentially when the girls are maybe three or four, finally working out what the HOA allowed greenhouse space would be and these kind of things. But no, for the first year, I tried to grow tomatoes and chilies and a bunch of other stuff. Um, and they were just completely decimated by worms and also this hot wind that comes through that can just burn plants. So yeah. irrespective of, you know, the fact that I was watering them twice a day and all this other kind of stuff, they, the environment was just wrong. It's just, yeah, it's a difficult, it's a difficult climate for sure. I mean, the thing is, is Pennsylvania for me, I, I had a garden in Utah for years and mm-hmm. garden in Rhode Island, but I'll tell you what, in, in, in Pennsylvania, water just falls from the sky, right? And it's got, so there's really no, you know, there's really no, no barriers there. Mm. So you can get a lot of greens just out of the, the lights in my basement uh, you know it's amazing how much lettuce you know with the the grow light now you can get some pretty good um you know crops and that and i've got my tomato plants haven't been set outside yet but they're already uh a couple feet high in flower mm. we're gonna be we're gonna be having full-blown outdoor tomatoes in june so wonderful just because who wants to wait till july or august but who wants to wait 
you know, who wants to wait? But you know, the thing is, just different times, different priorities. I think I think we're also looking at maybe a, a small greenhouse or something, and mm-hmm. uh, trying to dial back instead of doing the. You've got eight fifty foot rows now is what I'm mm. growing in, and uh, you know it's really more of a market garden, and we're growing a tremendous amount of produce, you know. And I'm looking at dialing that back to something smaller and intensive that's fun with the kids, where you can have a favorite thing, but but not growing as many staples anymore. And um, uh, you know, and like I said, making time for trains and making time to uh, be doing those things. So I think the other thing is my wife has been involved in a lot of caregiving lately through you know family members and things like that. And that experience has got us really refocused on saying like, hey, we got it, we got to really, we got to get to this, you know. Mm Um, children help with that too you know how how many how many pieces of bench work have i built yes and not then had to move before it's been finished or Mm. or whatever and it's like no we gotta really uh if you want it to happen you gotta make it happen so it's time very cool yeah well thank you for calling in peter thank you for giving an update pleasure chatting as always look forward to uh seeing the veggies grow in your uh, facebook feed but also the possibility potentially of a house with a basement in your near future. Sounds promising. Yeah, we'll, we'll certainly keep you posted, Tom. It's good to, good to have an update. Good to hear your voice, friend, and, and I'll talk to you soon. And, and Most look definitely. And forward to hearing what everyone else has to say. Have a great night. You too, Peter. Thanks for calling in. Mike Slater, do you have audio? I think I do, because I'm not able to mute, so... Very good. In terms of the model railroading hobby, obviously the weather's getting warmer, even in your part of the world. What what are you planning in the next few months in the model railroading hobby? Well, uh, in uh, towards the end of May is going out to Allentown, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. for the East Penn Trolley Meet. Mm. Um, we're planning on taking uh, two layouts out there again to have set up running. Cool. Um, so that's uh, something we're all looking forward to in our trolley group going back out there um, with the layouts. Uh, in fact, I've been uh, uh, volunteer to do, uh, I think, one or two clinics um, uh, out there about the uh, some of my traction modeling that I've been doing in that. Very so, cool. Um, and then, of course, it's the typical summer train watching with, with the guys and mm-hmm. – Getting out and enjoying the nice weather, and uh, of course, Galesburg is end of June, and they have a little swap meet there at the uh, one college, Knox College in Galesburg, and so who knows what I'll find there. Mm. So, in terms of the hot tub layout, periodic update. What's what's been going on with that recently? Well, uh, trains are well for the past three or four months. I really hadn't been doing much with the layout. It kind of became a flat space, and you mentioned that last time. Yes, um, I actually got uh, trains running again very cool uh buying a, a new uh, locomotive um sometimes has a tendency of wanting to play with it mm-hmm. so uh got got it running again and then uh i've started putting down roads for automobiles mm-hmm. on the layout so some so some scenery work is being done on it um still don't know how i'm going to tie in the roads to with the backdrop uh, mm. Uh, yet, um, since I'm not a real artistic person, you know, I don't have the, well, I shouldn't say, people would say I have artistic abilities, but not the type of artistic abilities that some people have for painting and drop. Without question. Like yeah. Um, so I, I know my strong points and my weaknesses <laughs> and, and, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm no Bob Ross. So, mm-hmm. uh, 
but uh, so kind of just work on it and uh, with the scenery and uh, hopefully I'll find something that I can use to help blend the, the roads and the uh, the layout into the backdrop. But uh, uh, but otherwise, no, it's just uh, trying to find buildings that fit um, for the, the atypical small town Wisconsin mm-hmm. type scenery. You know, mo- most of your structures, when you start looking at them, they're not for your typical small town, you know, size-wise. You know, you start Certainly. looking at buildings, you know, now are too tall or too large. Or, But uh, I did find uh, one building that I have ordered, and it's right now on its way through the U.S. Postal System. It's um, mm. by a, a craftsman kit company in Canada. Mm. And for those that uh, had watched The Sopranos on HBO... It's the meat market with the little pig on top of the roof. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So, so I guess I can Satrales or whatever it was called yeah. through its various iterations. Interesting. Yep. So, so I ordered I ordered that kit with the uh, detail kit with all the uh, display cabinets and tables and chairs for depending if it was for the meat market portion or the restaurant portion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I have a kit for... Uh, I guess when the original Caboose Hobby Shop in Colorado was open, they had a, a company make a resin uh, building kit of their, their store. Very cool. So I'm going to build that. I'm actually, since I guess the original structure was a supermarket at one point in time, I'm going to build it as, as a supermarket, you know, not put the Caboose Hobbies signage on, mm-hmm. on the store. So that'll give me a, a nice typical uh, small town type supermarket. And cool. of course the meat market will be another kind of small town mm-hmm. type business. And uh, so it, that's kind of the things of finding properly sized structures that, uh, that aren't oversized for the typical small town. Very cool. Very cool. So the vision in terms of the houses and things like that, what are you going to, what are the houses going to be like? Um, I have um, some of the smaller uh, Walters or Woodland Scenics type uh uh, single family dwelling houses, you mm-hmm. know, you know, probably the, the atypical, um, 1920s type, uh, time frame where you would have had the living room, kitchen, and, you know, a couple of bedrooms on the house, you know, mm-hmm. no, nothing large. Of course, I do have my little uh, hillside scene in that one. I have, you know, the, the two story type farmhouse that you would find in the Midwest. Certainly. Uh, that's going to be in the one location and then there's another location for a house that'll be probably somewhat similar size interesting um, but then of course i have as far as industries i have the um, uh, typical midwestern type uh, co-op type grain elevator structure that's going in it'll probably be the tallest structure in the town and pretty cool then the um, another industry will be probably on it being a, a sauerkraut factory mm, interesting uh, being that uh, the next town uh, north of me, uh, where my uh, grandfather lived uh, in Franksville, Wisconsin, was well known for their Frank's uh, sauerkraut factory. Interesting. So, Interesting. And then, you know, Lumberyard, uh, LP uh, uh, gas uh, dealership, and one or two other small little industries in this one town, and kind of get this portion of the layout, you know, worked out, and then I'll worry about the other small little town that's on the little half-wall backdrop that I have, kind of separating the the main layout to the little switching town that's off on the other corner of the room. Pretty cool. So will that be partial structures, like just facier and things like that? Or what's the plan with that one? Um, the other town would, will probably be more backdrop structures. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, even with um, some of the other structures, 
like the for example like the sauerkraut factory that that's a backdrop building um mm-hmm. I, I took the one kit and basically cut it in half and doubled the length to mm-hmm. make it look like you'd have more than a single car industry uh spotted because that's one of the problems with a lot of these structure kits is uh they're they're scaled down in, in size to fit a, a home layout but certainly not necessarily large enough to generate freight traffic that would be on a railroad interesting but yeah, I, I guess the realism in your area is it's a small town anyway, so the size of the industries that would be there are comparable. So that yeah. works out. Yeah, like the sauerkraut factory, you know, it's now instead of maybe fitting two box cars in front of it, I can now fit four or five cool. box cars in front of it. So uh, it, it gives gives a reason why there's a switch there, and it's going to get switched out. And then of course, um, I've been participating in a, a, a weekly Zoom call. Uh, with um, uh, model railroaders in uh, along the Mississippi River area of Wisconsin. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Uh, and they're more focused on operations. And of course, uh, uh, Seth Newman calls into that that particular call. And uh, there's other guys from the Kansas City area and and um, uh, different parts of the country. And uh, there's one gentleman that's actually modeling in uh, a, ra- a railroad in I think it's uh, Iowa and he actually came up on discussing some of the, the co-ops and the, um, the sauerkraut factories and finding out a lot of the different, uh, sometimes even though they weren't producing sauerkraut, um, some of those um, locations might've been even used for warehouse and other products from other plants that might've been owned by the, the big conglomerate um, during other parts of the year where those factories might be producing uh, canned goods. Certainly. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Seth Newman. That's a name. I, I, periodically see seth in things and yes he just hasn't called into model rail radio for a few years yeah might have to tell him that uh next time next thursday when i'm on the call that hey seth the um, barbelly wants you to call in <laughs> well yeah i mean i used to be a bay area native i actually had an opportunity to operate on his lab at one stage which was nice so yeah. i think i called him out actually in a model rail radio saying i was disappointed that i never had the opportunity to operate on his lab and the next time um you know I uh, was able to operate. I think he, he got the message. So, Seth Newman, if you're out there, please call back into Model Rail Radio. He he does a bunch of really interesting things, actually. The RFID readers was just a, a quite an interesting topic. So, yeah. in terms the of way, la- the, way that, the way that was sounding, he hasn't really been doing much with the RFID lately. It's a difficult technology. I think it's one of these things where when you get it working initially, it can give you everything you need, and then just maintaining it is the the real difficulty. Because yeah, so. Mike Deverall is actually looking at putting or is actually implementing the RFID on his layout. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Well, Peter Stipple is saying you're giving him a lot of inspiration for the photos of your layout and stuff. So, oh, keep up the progress, Mike Slater. Pleasure having yep. you on as always. Yep. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Yep. Take care. Thanks, Tom. A short model rail radio, but certainly a very hot model rail radio here in Las Vegas. So pleasure catching up with people, pleasure getting updates. It's interesting, actually, when I look at the quality of the weather currently, thinking, hmm, what's the possibility that people call into model rail radio? Well, thank you to everyone who called in today. Pleasure catching up with everyone and pleasure getting a sense of what's going on with the hobby for a variety of folk. And thanks for everyone for tuning into this podcast as well. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Tom.